Shomrabyog. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to On Shomrabyog. Welcome back to the Digital Tiny Room. I'm the Michael of Michael Inventions Podcast, and I am joined today, as bloody well always, by the man who was recently voted the podcast host you would most like to have with you in a post-apocalyptic scenario. It's Benjamin. I don't think that's right. I think, Michael, in fact, it would be the earliest part of the movie where I turned around to you and said, go on without me. No, seriously, go on without me. I'm done. I'm not. Yeah, yeah, no, Ben. Um, people were voting strategically. Like if, uh, <laughs> let's say, for example, if there was a zombie horde and you had to escape. You know you know what they say, Ben? You know what they say, Ben? You don't have to be faster than a bear. You just have to be faster than the person you're running with. <laughs> You and Ben, I am notoriously quick, so, you know, it, it would work well for me. You just punched Michael, your mic. I just punched my mic. Uh, Michael, I would run in the opposite direction to give you more time, and I'd probably make a lot of noise, and it'd probably sound like this. <gasps> the music for the podcast. We don't actually have anything music. Very, very good. Yeah. Very good. Just, just to give you a fighting chance in the apocalypse, Michael. You know? Benjamin! Yeah! Now, apropos of nothing, Ben, because, you know, we like <laughs> in this podcast, we like to get down into the nitty gritty. You know, this isn't a podcast about our lives, Ben. That's not why people are listening. <laughs> no. No, this is not. People want to get into the nitty gritty. So I'm going to take a rare detour before we start, Ben, and say that after nearly 14 months of being an almost entirely sedentary due to COVID. I have spent the morning moving six tonnes of rubble from a back garden. Why? And Look, it's a long story about patios. It's not needed to get into here, Ben. It's domestic stuff. Okay. But, Ben, I am in agony. I am feeling the <laughs> agony that only a 38-year-old man who has just moved six tonnes of rubble could possibly feel. So, this episode contained considerably more moaning and groaning than usual. And we can kind of tie that in with a theme, I feel. So if during a conversation about the Winter Soldier, I go, oh, just pretend it's zombies is what I'm getting at. There was a lot of moaning and groaning in this week's episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So it fits on many levels, Michael. See, Yeah, it's meta. It's all meta. Anyway, Benjamin, what have we watched? What have we watched this week? There's been some trailers, Michael. First of all, the return of yours, Shane's and Jim's favourite, La Familia 9. We're back and this time family's not so good. Benjamin. Yeah. This trailer for The Fast and or The Furious 9. Fast yes. 9. Um, they've just shown us the film, haven't they, Ben? Yeah, we've just gotten to see the whole film, Michael. Here's start the film. To finish. Hey, we heard that you guys like The Fast and The Furious. So we've prepared this little package so that you don't have to watch it. Yeah, exactly. Michael, it takes us through every single beat in order. In order, Ben! It's in order! It's mixed up order. It's just, no. here's the film. No. What are they, they just doing? They take us through the fucking film. The last time I've seen, I saw one this egregious was the Sony Spider-Man films. They were Where notorious. They through the film. Yeah. They were notorious for walking you through the film and ending the film, ending the trailer on a scene from the final confrontation. Yeah, Michael Han is back and we know that now. We know it, but not only do we know it, Ben, we also know how they find out he's back. Yeah, but he saves them. He saves them as a sniper in an alley. Ben, why did they show us that? 
I don't know, yeah. Michael, but you know what else would annoy me? If I was the director of a film or perhaps the set designer of a film yeah. or perhaps the stunt coordinator of a film yeah. and I'd spent, I, I would say, Michael, not an inconsiderable amount of time designing a large-scale car-based, you know, spectacle. Yeah, yeah, I enjoy Because it's fast spectacle. nine, Michael. And car-based car spectacles are pretty much their bread and butter. And then, Michael, do you know what it really, do you know what it really sizzle my buns in the wrong way? Uh, John Cena. The actor John Cena. The actor John Cena, first of all. Because you can't film him, Michael. He's very hard to see. Um, and then, on top of that, Michael, if the trailer then went and showed my entire car-based spectacle Rid- so that people didn't have to go and spend their Ridiculous, money. Ridiculous, Benjamin. The whole film is in the trailer. It's a two and a half minute trailer and it's just a summary of the film. Do you know what? Do you know what's really kind of getting to me when I was watching this? Because there's a little there's a little confrontation between Dom and John Cena there. He's like, you turned your back on me, Dom. Yeah. Well, now you've got to, I've lived in my shadow my entire life. It's like, you've lived in the shaman, shadow of Dominic Toretto. Yes. A one-time kind of car Petty criminal that then occasion that occasionally does... Black Ops missions now and then. Now. For the government. You know, a lot more. But before that, just did street racing. Yeah, yeah. Street, street racing is what he did. stealing DVD players. And stealing DVD players. I'm not sure how long his shadow was. Yeah, pretty and short. I don't know if you... <laughs> I don't know if you've lived in it your entire life, John Cena. Because we've never heard of you. I've lived in your <laughs> shadow your entire life. I was stealing DVDs. You were stealing DVD players. <laughs> He was just going into HMV and pickpocketing the collected series of Farscape. That was it. That was exactly what was happening. And Stephen Cadwell was there going, oh, that looks good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd have that too. I'm going to buy it though because I'm an honourable member of society. <laughs> because I'm a decent bloke and not John yeah. Cena. Um, yeah, so look, we're, we're supposed to believe in this one, Michael, that John Cena is the, the long, long lost estranged black sheep of the Toretto family. I don't know if he necessarily is long lost or strange. He's just no one has bothered to mention him. Okay. That's Ben, ben have I ever told you about my sister Philippa? <laughs> oh, oh, Philippa Leonard. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, she's grand crack. She's grand crack. She's under my shadow for a while, but she's come out now from out from under it. And now you're going to live under her shadow from now on. Yeah, yeah. We're going to have a confrontation, me and Philippa. She oh, I've always hated her to be honest. Yeah. Charlize Theron is there again as well. So what? Ben? She's looking pure smug. So bloody what? This is the weirdest film series of all time. It, yeah. it defies logic. It defies explanation. It's going to be a big hit because Han is back. Han! No one cared about Han. Well, they do now. But they do now. Inexplicably, yep. Han, the character Han, is for some reason one of the most popular fictional characters in the world. I guarantee you, Michael, somebody in the writer's room was like, we all like Han. And he's like, yeah, I like my hands. Yeah, yeah, we should put those in the film. <laughs> And that's Very how he good. made it back. That's how he yeah. made it back. And it would follow the same logic as everything else, Michael. Michael, there were other things this week. Yes, were any of them any use, though? There were other spectacles that we had to behold, Michael. This week saw the release of the trailer for Army of the Dead from one Zacharin Schneider. Zacharin Schneider, Ben. You're a friend and mine, Zacharin Schneider. Benjamin. Yeah. Does it have any of the following things? Go on. Zombies. It does, yeah. A slow motion. It does, yeah. Yes, a motley crew. It does, yeah. Yeah, Dave Bautista. It does, yeah. I'll probably give it a watch. The probably, yeah, probably give it a bloody watch. Uh, yeah, so we saw the trailer for this and it's it's kind of, it's a throwback, Zachary and Schneider. It's a sucker punch a little bit. It's, it's, it's a little bit of a sucker punch. It's, got a, it's su- a little bit of a Dawn of the Dead. 
It's very much a Dawn of the Dead, Michael. It's a, a little. I think it's Zacharin Schneider's homage to Dawn of the Dead, and it's a, a bunch now, of now. Ben, hold on. Go on. I'm going to stop you there for a second. You do know that Zacharin Schneider made Dawn of the Dead in 2004. Yes. He. Oh wait, am I mixing up? What am I mixing up? No, he's already made a homage to Dawn of the yes, Dead. Yes, he's made the one in, two, it was in 2004. Dawn of the yes, Dead. Yes, yes, so he had the original one. So is this a sequel of sorts then, Michael? It's a sequel, a second sequel of sorts, because this... Oh. Uh, Zachary Snyder's... Oh, no, wait a minute. I might be getting confused now. I think Land of the Dead oh. from 2010 was not the sequel to Zachary Snyder's Dawn of the Dead. Okay. I think that was the sequel to the original... Day of the Dead. Oh my. Yeah. So I think this is the first sequel to Zachary Snyder's Dawn of the Dead Averse. Okay. So the Dawn of the Dead Averse has returned, Michael, and we see that a bunch of zombies, for some reason, have been corralled into Las Vegas. They're just being kept yeah. there. In again. The, <laughs> again. Is that what happened yeah. in, in Dawn of the Dead? No, Ben. That's what happened in Resident Evil 3. Oh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, Do you remember? Oh, you throw I, your mind back? I don't, I don't remember. I haven't seen any of the, the Resident Evil series, thankfully. It had Mila Hovovich in it? <laughs> yes, I know who was in it, but I've never seen it, Michael. It was um, Mila Hovovich in Anyway, yeah, so we're, we're back in Las Vegas and the zombies are there too. And for some yeah. reason, Michael... Now, tell, yeah. me, tell me if this strikes you as an odd thing, right? Your man All says right. there's $200 million sitting in a vault just waiting for someone to take it. Yeah. If I had a ragtag bunch of mercenaries, right? Yeah. And there's about nine of them in the group, I think, give or yeah, take. Yeah, you probably could if you wanted. Yeah. I don't know if 200 million would be enough of a, an incentive for me to go into a zombie-infested territory. 200 million divided by nine, Ben. I just don't know if that's... That's like... That's like 22 million each, Ben. Yeah, but is it enough, Michael, in the post-apocalyptic yes, zombie land? Well, that's the bigger issue. Is is money still worth anything? That's what I mean. Especially paper money. Like 22 million, Ben. I'd kill you for 22 million. Oh, and I, you know what? I'd let you because I know you yeah, and I know. your good lady partner would have a much better life. I'd give some to your family, Ben. <laughs> I'd probably have to give about a third to my secret sister, Philippa. <laughs> Philippa Leonard just to get rid of all those bitter in the shadow vibes yeah fuck's sake Philippa um, <laughs> but Benjamin yeah and Benjamin look we'll come back to this whole thing about money later on when we're talking about other films we, we nice have many other films to get through Michael mm-hmm. it's another little nice little segue Benjamin what bothers me was it's basically Dave Bautista versus the zombies are orcs now for some reason the zombies are orcs that's, yeah, that's orcs an now. excellent observation Michael um, zombies are a bit super powered in this they're a bit jacked they- yeah, they've got, and they they seem to have personalities. They've got a queen, by the looks of things, a sexy zombie queen. Yeah, so it's it's following the I am legend logic, I guess, of, well, zombies are just a structure that we don't understand yet. Zombies have their own society. Yeah, they're going to head that way, by the looks of things. Um, by the looks of things. It's got some pretty interesting people in it, Michael. One of the, one of the mercenaries is Tig Notaro, who's a comedian from the United States. Um, and she's I, she, as far as I know, has not been in many blockbusters, but she's going to be in this one. Um which is interesting to me. I have some degree of faith in Zachary Snyder when it comes to casting. Uh, yes. I don't think he often goes wrong in casting, even throwing your mind back to 2004's Dawn of the Dead, Ben. Yes. Um, an all-star, not an all-star cast, sorry. A bit of a motley crew cast. Mm. But the cast were one of the strongest things about Zachary Snyder's 2004 film Dawn of the Dead. 
but there you go. I think what's probably happening here, Michael, is this is a bit of a passion project for him. I think, you know, he's he's just been... He's had a tough run of it, Michael. Let's not forget the personal tragedies of one Zachary Snyder. Personal ta- tragedies, yeah. The um, the whole politicals around the Snyder cut. Even yeah. even before that, he had family tragedy around the the whole Justice League thing. So maybe he's just going back to... Oh, I'm just going to do a zombie film. I'm just, I'm just going to piss off everyone. Going to- I'm just going to do zombies <laughs> with my mate Dave Bautista. But I, I think that's probably a large part of what happened where it's just yeah. like, you know, I'm just going to do fucking zombies. I'm just going to do zombies with my mate Dave Bautista because everybody loves Dave Bautista. They do. They do. He just seems to be a very in-demand, likeable man. But you know what, Michael? Not mad at go that. On, go on. He is a very likeable and in-demand man. And that's just well, You never know, Ben. You never know. You used to be a big fan of Kevin Spacey. Oh... Uh... Oh. He was one of your favourites. He was one of your favourites. And remember, Ben, you tried to get me to go to that party with Harvey Epstein. Oh. You remember that? Oh, I did. Harvey Epstein is not a real person. <laughs> <laughs> There's a Harvey Epstein somewhere and he's really sick of getting hate mail. <laughs> there's, there's one guy. <laughs> called Harvey Epstein he's like oh fuck I'm neither of them I'm neither of the people you think I am I'm not That he keeps getting added on Twitter and he's just like it's not yeah. me it's not, I'm neither of them I'm neither of these people um, yeah so that's I, I'll probably watch it Michael it looks entertaining yeah yeah I'll watch it too Ben I'll enjoy it I'll, I'll watch it we'll probably go to the cinema if that's happening again if the real apocalypse is over it, hopefully by that time it will be Michael um, yes. Michael speaking of apo- uh, apocalypses Oh, very good. Um, we've been reviewing away, Michael, um, this month. We've been watching lots of things this week. Except some of the things that I was supposed to watch, Ben, I forgot. That's okay, Michael. We'll forgive you for that. Um, so one of the things that we watched together, Michael, not yes. together together because it's COVID, Michael, and we're COVID together times, apart. Ben. Yeah. Uh, was Love and Monsters. Love and Monsters. Benjamin. Yeah. Love and Monsters. Great little film. Great little film, Michael. Great little $30 million film. I was taken aback, Michael, by how much I enjoyed this film. Benjamin, what's going on? My computer is running low, so I'm going to have to... uh, For some reason, somebody has unplugged uh, lots of stuff from my computer, which is very strange. Mm, Um, It's probably the goblins, Ben. The goblins that live under your desk. Goblins, Michael. But it's sorted now, Michael. It's sorted now, Michael. Fixed. very good. Now, Benjamin... Yes. What is going on with Love and Monsters? Uh, so Love and Monsters, Michael, is another little apocalypse. Just situate myself properly here, Michael, because otherwise I'm going to sit myself and be very painful. An on-air podcasting disaster. So Love and Monsters, Michael, is... Do you know what? It'd be awful. What? Hubris. Um, and so what happens is there's a... <laughs> there's there's a, a meteor, Michael. The premise is a meteor was hurtling towards the Earth. Yeah. Agatha 616, which I found mm-hmm. very interesting, Michael, because 616 is the Marvel continuity, and I don't know if there's a little nod there somewhere. Yeah, is that a little nod? What's, what's that about? 616 seems an odd choice of number, but I'm sure there's a yeah, reason yeah. for that. If any of the listeners know why 616 is a pop culture number, give us a shout us. there, will you? <laughs> Tell us. Um, but yeah, so that comes, and we, we, we tackle it. Uh, we, we come together and have our kind of Armageddon Day, our... our what's the other space this ones? This is our... Independence Day. That's the one, thank you. And we, we beat it, Michael, but we, of course we made a tit of it, Michael, because there's chemicals in the weapons that we use and they spread down into the, the earth and they they affect all non-human life by the looks of things um, and mutate all the things into big apex predator monster thingies. 
big, big spookily wookily monsters, Ben. Big spookily wookily monsters. And Michael, and then, what a joy. What a joy it's it fantastic. is. fantastic. It revolves around the character of Ben. And Ben, <laughs> he's fucking useless. <laughs> and he's a real sad sack. He's a real sack of shit. And he has to go. And he has to learn some lessons. The actor Ben, the actor's name is Dylan O'Brien, but he plays the character Ben, Ben from the podcast Michael and Benjamin's podcast, and he's he's stuck in a he's stuck in a in an underground containment facility, Ben, and he's like, oh, I want to get out of here and experience life. Oh wow! Yeah, uh, so that's what happens basically, and even a seven-day journey, Michael, is considered suicide in this universe because um, yes. something's going to get you. Um, Some sort of horribly glibly monster. Horrible, glibbly monster. Um, yeah. And then what, what happens first, Michael, is there's a toad and then there's a dog. And the dog reminded me so much of my own dog. Um, yes. That any time it was in peril in the film, I genuinely felt a sense of tension and just awful burning desire to help the dog. Because it reminded me so much of my Bowie. Benjamin, I tell you what. I'll tell you two secrets about this. First of all, I was watching it going, why the hell am I watching The Adventures of Ben? What is Ben <laughs> on my television? Fucking not even able to shoot the bow properly. Fucking causing <laughs> problems true. for everyone. And then I thought, fuck this, fuck me sideways. I'm pausing this and making sure the dog survives. Because Benjamin, I I watched the film a couple of weeks ago and it pissed me off so much with its emotional manipulation. I didn't even bring it up on the podcast. I watched the film Chaos Walking. Oh, did it come out? I never. Even... Yes, it came out with Tiny Tom Holland in it. Okay. And uh, that has a very cruel end to a dog. Oh, and no. It, it was ve- I actually, for the first time in years, I got up and I turned the film off. Wow. Yeah, that's how much it annoyed me and upset me. Uh, now, Ben, you know, emotions might be heightened because... Sure. Also, it was shit. So, like, okay. I wasn't that really doesn't... engaged with it anyway. <laughs> so I was completely disengaged with this shit film. Yeah. And then they killed the dog in yeah, a mean no way. And no I went, good. right, not watching the rest of that. That film can fuck off. So I checked to make sure the dog is okay in um, in the film Love and Monsters. Yeah. Um, and it was great. I, I genuinely thought there's a scene. So spoilers for this film. Yes, um, obviously. The with, dog survives. The dog survives. But there's a, a mutated centipede scene. Yes. And I honestly thought what was going to happen in that scene is he would finally react, but it would be too late. Mm-hmm. Um, the dog would be injured and it would die in his arms. And I swear to God, Michael, if that had happened, I would have had a good and proper cry. Yes, Benjamin, I was on fucking edge, so I checked. I said, fuck this. Every <laughs> time that dog got caught out, I was like, this is very... I was white knuckling it, Michael. Yes, yes, Ben. The whole way through. It was... Oh, man. Great little film, though. Very enjoyable. Fantastic film. Ben, it took me to discover a new website called Does the Dog die.com <laughs> it's a website that has trigger warnings for things that happen in films it's actually Amazing. very interesting but anyway um sp- self spoilers aside it is ben very much a spiritual if not an actual sequel but it's very much a spiritual sequel to the film zombieland absolutely jesse eisenberg is replaced by a fr- frankly far more likable lead character yes dylan o'brien playing the character ben is far more likable than whatever <laughs> jesse, jesse eisenberg's playing... character's name is Playing Jesse Eisenberg. Yes. Yeah, so we kind of get to see that. And then it's kind of learning the rules of this new 
this new landscape, this new universe, this, this, it's a horror escape, Michael, because everything's out to get you. Everything is gross and horrible except the big fun snails. Yeah, the boulder snails, Michael. Yeah, they were fun. Benjamin, um, it even has, um, it has uh, Woody Harrelson's character in it. Yeah, but again, but nicer. slightly more likeable. Yeah, it has <laughs> Michael Rooker playing a, a more likeable Woody Harrelson. It has, yeah. uh, I, I don't know the child actress's name, but she plays a more li- likeable Abigail Breslin. A less irritating Abigail Breslin. A less Breslin. irritating and less mean Abigail Breslin. Um, <laughs> yeah. It has uh, Jessica Henwick. Jessica Henwick, is now, who is now being typecast as the object of affection for nerdy, useless wimps. Yeah, it is tapping into that weird uh, simp kind of yeah, yeah. <laughs> attractive Asian stereotype, and it. I hope it doesn't. I hope it doesn't happen to her too much because yeah. she's very decent in this. She's a more likable Emma Stone, which is, is she, a big ask. It's a big ask, Ben. But Emma Stone's not ask. that likable in Zombieland. It's very similar to Zombieland, though. But it is. It's. It's a okay. You could argue it's a bit more toothless. Yeah, because it's you know it, you could watch this with little small children, Ben. And they might be a bit frightened about the dog being in peril. But the only people, Ben, and again, spoilers, spoilers for the film Love and Monsters, the only people who get killed are Australians. And as we all know, Michael, that's just fine by us here on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Our arch enemies, Ben, the Australians. (laughs) <laughs> the bloody Australians. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, there's there's a couple of dickhead Australians in there. Um, and Very it, it much playing to stereotype. Yeah, they... they oh, Jesus. Um, but it's a pretty interesting... It's enjoyable to watch him kind of navigate this world. Michael Rooker is a wonderful character. I sat there, Michael, precisely in the, the montage of him kind of learning the new rules of mm. the new world. And I, I just thought to myself, do you know what Mick will love about this film? You can't have both. Yeah, yeah, I like that. You can't have both. I was sitting there going, now there is a rule for Michael Leonard. You can either, and I thought it was a great apocalypse rule when you're dealing with predators. Mm -hmm. You can either sleep somewhere or eat somewhere. Full night sleep or or a warm meal. And I was like, ah, what a a great rule. Brilliant rule. What a great rule. One of the best rules, Ben. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like I said, a bit toothless. I don't know how well it would hold up to multiple rewatchings. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, though, because it's very good. Very good and very enjoyable. Very enjoyable. I thoroughly Um, enjoyed it. I thought, like, it is a bit toothless, though. I mean, again, spoilers. Spoilers, because, you know, we're going in depth here. We're going in depth. Mm -hmm. The the fact that, by pure coincidence, Jessica Henwick's character, she's developed and she's matured and he hasn't. And that's kind of, it's his journey to maturity and responsibility Mm -hmm. that, that we're watching. And it's not a bad one. But the fact that when he gets there, she's happily single... And happy to have him back. There's no conflict. There's no tension. Yeah. Like everything goes his way. He absolutely yeah. everything goes his way. So it yeah. is a bit toothless, but it's fun and enjoyable. In, in the middle of a in the middle of a pandemic, Michael, I'll take a, a toothless film that made me feel good for an hour and a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too. I'll, I'll, take, I'll take it. it. I'll take it I'll gladly, take and it. I'll clutch it to my bosom. <laughs> Don't just like the dog. It's just like no. no. Yeah. Nothing will hurt you. I will clutch Nothing. it to my bosom in the same way that you would clutch the dog and Jessica Henwick to your bosom. Yes, with with firm and loving adoration for yes. both. Um, so, Michael, we watched some other stuff. Well, one of us watched other stuff, I Michael. forgot, Ben. I forgot. Yeah. I made a big deal of it last week and I forgot this week. And the, the only thing about this is, Michael, I have watched The Nevers. <laughs> you know when I'm going to watch it, Ben? <laughs> when? Never. 
<laughs> no, probably so now, actually, after this. I, I kind of need you, because you're the Whedon guy. Yeah, yeah, I'm the but Whedon I, guy. But I watched I don't the Nevers. Hold on, I don't want to be called the... I don't want to be known as the Whedon guy. That's too bad, you're the Whedon guy on no, this podcast. No. <laughs> Do you have so, any women I could bully, Ben? <laughs> no, but uh, Joss Whedon has a, a literal orphanage full of them in this Oh, very good, Michael. okay. Um, so, uh, what... I'm sure many people are familiar with it very, very quickly. Uh, it's set in Victorian London. Um, Victorian England as a whole, I think. We're not sure yet. Um, and what happens is there's a strange event and certain people are become what are known as the touched. Mm-hmm. Um, they're imbued. So it's misfits, but in the Victorian period. Very good, um, yes. So that's what we're dealing with. And one woman, Lavinia Bidshaw, I think is the name that they give to her, Miss Lavinia Bidshaw, has set up an orphanage for the women that have been affected by this, the female oh, touch. Ex-women. Ex-women, <laughs> exactly. And the two, her two gals Friday, or her two main kind of operatives, the, the Cyclops and the, the Jean Grey of it all, right. are uh, Miss Am- Amulia True. Ar- Amulia True, I think well, is the name. Well, they sound like Joss Whedon names. Yeah, and one Miss Temperance Adair. Yeah, they're very Just Whedon names. They're very Just Whedon names. So that's our first Whedon trope, right. is bloody weird pushed names, okay? Um, and what Miss True is, is the Slayer. Mm-hmm. She's the Slayer, or uh, the main character from Dollhouse, or Summer from Serenity, uh, Serenity or Firefly. River. Is it, is it River? Oh, okay. Summer it is the actress's either. name. It could have been either. It doesn't really matter. Uh, she's River from Firefly. And she's a big badass lady. And everybody underestimates her until she gives them a bloody judo flip and puts them on their ass. And oh, then Miss Temperance Adair is Kaylee um, from that. Or the... Who who else is there? Yeah, it's the Willow. Temperance Adair is the Willow. And she's an inventress. Oh, she, she's an inventress. She's the nerdy best friend. She can see how energy moves. And she oh, can manipulate good. that to make things work better. That would be very um, useful in the Victorian times, Ben, as electricity was starting to become available. Yes, so I suppose she'd be really at the forefront of that, Michael. So mm. she's uh, she's very Irish and very enjoyable. In oh, fairness, God. in fairness to the pair of them, quite likable characters as they go along. But then we start to get into the the real Whedonisms, Michael. Go on, and this is where it gets good. So there's a bloody there's a bloody sect of weirdy face men that are oh, out yeah. to get the touched as well. Very Whedonesque. Um, and what they are is it's that classic kind of Buffy verse facial disfiguration okay. kind of villain that Whedon is so fond of. Uh, look at these vampires. Look at their scrunchy faces. Mm. Oh, look at these men. They're all carved up. Look at these reavers. They're all carved up and have weird faces. Well, now mm. look at this weird sect that's trying to get touched people. Um, touched people is a very difficult way yeah, of saying ben, this, by the way. You know, we're, we're all just trying to get touched. Uh, Amen Amen Um, So there's a mad killer Called Malady Of course there is And she's the enemy of the state a little bit You know she's she's giving She's giving a bad name to all the other ones And she reminded me a lot of Alpha from Dollhouse Yeah I mean yeah absolutely that's exactly what it is. And you know what it's worse? What? It's it's she's a mad person. She's crazy and out there and you can't predict her and like Drusilla. Know, yeah, that's exactly what we're dealing with. So that's Whedonism number three million. at this point. Three million. Yeah, uh, three million. Um there's 
a very exploitative f- fight towards the end of episode oh. one. Okay, I'll give um, that a watch, Ben. <laughs> between Malady and Miss True. Right. And Miss True has to use her ball gown yeah. to gently propel herself downwards. She's skipping the stairs in favour of dropping right to the bottom. And she does the Slayer landing, you know, the classic kind of look up Slayer landing, yeah. which would now be called the superhero landing, Michael. But, it, mm-hmm. you know, it was a big Buffy trope. I've seen and. It. As she drops down through the thing, she loses her dress and so she's forced to fight in her undergarments. Michael. Oh, very good. Um, oh, very exploitative. Harvey Wine, Harvey Epstein would be pretty happy with that. Harvey Epstein would be delighted with it as a scene, Michael. So yeah. there's, there's a lot of um, Whedonisms. Despite that, Michael, I don't want to be unfair to it. It's quite enjoyable. Yeah, I was going to say, Ben, cut to the chase here. Is it any good? Though. Yeah, it's quite enjoyable, Michael. Um, they've they've gone to great lengths, I'd say, to remove a lot of Whedonisms. I'd say there's probably a couple of recuts in there. You'll notice some jumps every now and then or some mm. missing exposition that you could have used. No, I um, like less exposition, Ben. Yeah, so you'll probably enjoy that. Um, Nick Frost makes his appearance as the Beggar King of London. He's got a um, switchblade. And he's quite enjoyable in that role. Like, they have decent enough actors. Oh, I forgot one huge Whedonism. There's Go a on. giant girl. Oh yeah, yeah, like Dawn one from of, Buffy season one of seven. One touches a weird giant, so it's another Whedon fetish just shoved in there for no reason. Um, <laughs> it's not for no reason, Ben. It's for him is. to get off. One of the other, yeah, one of the other girls has a linguistic block, so she can't communicate like everybody else. Oh yeah, um, which is again your River, your your Christina Hendricks and Firefly, your I don't know, pick a mute person from Buffy. Christina Hendricks wasn't mute in Firefly. No, but she didn't talk. Remember, she was just like, no, I'm, I'm kind of, I don't know, I'm all scared and I'm all, sexy. Look I'm all confused. Sexy. Yeah. Born sexy yesterday. No good. Um, but yeah, oh, overall, Michael, it's enjoyable. I think it'll be interesting. Um, his weird surgeon fetish is there as well. The, oh, it turns out that the the subsect is is created by an evil surgeon who wants to experiment on the touched. Oh, yeah. Um so it's it's Whedon by the numbers, but it is enjoyable. The production quality, Michael, is beyond anything you've seen in a Whedon show before. Well, it's um, the modern times, isn't it, Ben? It is. It, it, I mean, we've got new technology. Um, I would imagine the budget is probably hefty on this because it's HBO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's been what, Ben? 10, 12, 15 years since a Whedon show was on the air? I guess that's probably true now. I think yeah, Dollhouse was the last one, wasn't it? Like he was v- vaguely involved in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. of the beginning, but... Um, oh yeah he was yeah um, so it's been a long time coming mm. but look it's a pretty interesting show I, I won't spoil any more for you because I really want you to go and watch it and I want to discuss it with you next week I'll go and watch um, it we'll talk about it next week because you'd know even more about the, the Whedon verse than I would and you'd be able to spot a lot more stuff um, that I would but I was so excited Michael I was after watching it and I knew we'd have this discussion where you'd be like did you watch it and I'd be like yes I did I forgot I had, though Ben I had notes notes I took notes you took notes I was so ready for this, and then you told me you, you didn't took have notes it. Anyway, in your little monster diary. In my little monster diary. Did you colour them in with, with the crayons that Jessica Henwick gave you? Yes, I did. Yes, yeah, I did. Good. My Jessica Henwick crayons were on on at hand at yes. all times. Um, Michael, let's move on to two more things that we have both. All seen, right, we better bloody whip through this. We're chunking through this. We're thirty-one minutes in, Michael. We better keep um, going then. So, Invincible was on episode six. Excellent. Uh, uh, one of our well, Ezra Miller's back Boo. Ezra Miller he's no nearly as bad up as of fans. Uh, everyone else <laughs> he's Ezra bad now. Miller he's there playing an absolute dickhead in the Invincible universe D.A. Sinclair 
Yeah, um, no use, no good. Benjamin, was this storyline one of the earlier storylines in the original series? Yeah, he's one of the first kind of big... This is Mark Grayson's first tussle with real, what he considers to be evil. Someone who's mm. experimenting on other people and damaging them. And Do you know what I mean? And then, of course, naturally that character is used in the Invincible series then to introduce the idea of a grey area into superhero comics. There mm. isn't always a good guy. There isn't always a clear bad guy in these situations and you know it's a a, pretty interesting thing it was a very good episode Ben there was lots of chat and lots of relationship and stuff but it was still very good very enjoyable and very compelling I'm really enjoying this show it's probably my favourite show on television you know what though what you know who really got Rick killed go on Amber yeah Amber got Rick killed Rick invited Amber a high school student to sit in on a university lecture yes and in the university lecture some guy who's notorious for being a dick was started being a dick and yes. then a 17 year old who was invited to sit in to observe got involved yeah the, the lecturer didn't the lecturer probably should have said who are you why are you what's, arguing with this local lunatic? Yeah, what's going on? And that's how Rick got involved. And that's yeah, when Rick decided, stood up for. Yeah, so that's when he decided. So Amber got Rick killed. Um, Amber makes a lot of interesting choices in this film or in this series, Michael. Arguably, she doesn't have a lot of agency because she's often used to cause conflict for Mark. And I'm mm. I'm fairly certain that's not a great writing of a female character. Yeah, not that I do it very often. Um, but. She does seem to act as just a thing to generate conflict for Mark. Mm. I've gone right off her now. I'm like, let's move on now. Off we go. Look at Eve. She's having a great time. Yeah, Eve's <laughs> off doing doing some good stuff. I don't know if Mark and Amber are going to happen in the same way that they do in the the comics. I'm not certain that this won't just be a lesson for Mark to be a bit of a waste of Zazzy Beats, though, if she doesn't stick around. I yeah, suppose. yeah, 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 yeah. Well, Ben, Ben, look, Ben, Ben, look. What a cast! Yeah, what? I mean, ridiculous. Do you know they all recorded together, Michael? Did they? Yeah, they were all in the same room. So there's yeah, clips down. going around now behind the scenes of J.K. Simmons, Sandra O, oh, and Stephen Yun in the recording booth together, and you're just sitting there going, "What a star! Oh God, what a star! Recording. They've got the man from Drum That Faster Boy. They've got um, uh, yeah, bloody what's what's her name? Uh, <laughs> Vanessa Gray's friend. Yeah. Um, oh, they've got Sandro. Uh, Brian of the Dead. What's his name? Glenn. Glenn of the Dead. Glenn of the Dead. Yeah, everyone's in it. Uh, look, it's a big all-star cast. Still enjoyable, Michael. Um, real interesting Frankenstein narrative as well when we see the original. That was Justin Roiland, by the way, was the original uh, Monster I know. Man. It's crazy. Um, it was crazy. So that was a really interesting thing, seeing him take his own life and get put in check by... Um, get put in check so he goes I, I got rid of him and he's like no you didn't he killed yeah. himself like don't don't you act like you saved the day there yeah, yeah. out of here yeah yeah um, yeah so it's real good real interesting but Michael that leads us from one interesting compelling show onto the timidity the timidity of this show Ben first of all spoilers for the show The Falcon and the Winter Soldier um, but Benjamin 
Yeah. There was a lot of speculation about a big cameo that was coming in season in episode five. And well, there kind of was. The, <laughs> the, 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 cameo, the big cameo that was coming in episode five was such a damp squib of a cameo yeah. that I realised about three hours later, oh, that was the cameo that they were talking about. Now That was the big moment. It could be the internet driving itself into a frenzy again because the internet was speculating. Steve Rogers, Chadwick Boseman. Um, yeah. You know, there was, uh, what's his name? Uh, Red Guardian. There were all yeah. sorts of speculation about who it was and, you know, why it had to be rewritten because Black Widow was delayed and all of this stuff. But yeah, yeah, it was Elaine from Seinfeld. <laughs> it was Elaine from Seinfeld. <laughs> was, Julia Louis-Dreyfus yeah. playing um, Countess Allegra De La Fontaine. Yeah, that'll do. Uh, Va- Valentina Allegra von De Fontaine, um, who's a Jim Steranko creation from the days that he wrote the Nick Fury comic yeah. in the Captain America comic. She was Nick Fury's sexy sidekick. Nick Fury's sexy Italian sidekick. Yeah. Um, hopefully, but probably not going to be that character anymore. Um, it looks like uh, to me that she's going to be kind of an amalgamation of her and Miss Brand, the sword director in the comics that we see sometimes. Do you think um, that? I think that she is going to be a kind of off-brand, kind of uh, a morally evil Nick Fury. I think she's going to set up a oh. a superhero team of, of cast-offs and weirdos. Defenders, so to speak. Or Thunderbolts. Oh, Thunderbolts is a good shout, Michael. Thunderbolts is a great shout. Ben, maybe Thunderbolts. Oh, yes. Yes. Ben. Bloody Mephisto. Mephisto. They get Bloody Mephisto US agent. US agent Baron Zemo. Agatha Harkness. Agatha Harkness. They'll get her in there. They'll get Baron Zemo in there. They'll get a uh, anyone you want. Any losers. They'll get a meal. Red Blonsky. Guardian will definitely be in the Thunderbolts. Yeah, yeah. Red Guardian or Taskmaster. Get Taskmaster in there if you want, Ben. Red Guardian Leviosa. Oh, nice, Michael. Nice. Very good. The Thunderbolts is a great shout. Anyway, that's that's not even the the most timid part of this episode, Michael. We got admittedly a very interesting fight scene yes. between. I, I, I guess a little bit of a callback to the famous scene in Winter Soldier between Tony Stark mm-hmm. and Captain America and yes. Winter Soldier. And again, we have it there. We have the US agent Falcon and Winter Soldier. And good old John Walker holds his own there. He's um, a super soldier now. He's a super soldier now, but he's a highly trained super soldier as well. So he holds his own just fine. And he's got a vibranium shield. He's got a vibranium shield. Um, so there's a lot going on there. It's very heavy handed in its parallels to current American politics and places. Um, no bad thing, Michael. That's what media is there for. But there's a particular scene where he has the mask pulled off and he says, I am Captain America. I am Captain America. Um, he's having a go with Sam Wilson. And that's a very targeted uh, assault, Michael. The, the black man that's about to be choked to death by a... Uh, by a card-carrying member of the United States government. So, you know, there's a lot of politics there. Um, not that there's a... Like, that's, this show took the most steps I've ever seen in a Marvel Cinematic Universe show to actually reflecting real-world politics. Um, nah, they're always his, doing the same. Uh, this is heavy, though. This is This is different. This is the first time I think they've really tackled racial politics in the United States. They'll probably age poorly, then. Uh, I'm not sure all shows have to age perfectly, Michael. No, that's true. So I already like it more than uh, WandaVision. Do you? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I do. I think it's a better show. It's less spectacular. Okay. It's less, uh, it's less, I can't wait to talk about this. Okay, fair but enough. But I actually think it is a better show and I think it's going to age better. I think it will be more rewatchable. Mm-hmm. Okay, true. 
I'll give you that. There's not as many twists. Not as many twists and turns and not as many mm. things to go on the internet and say, look what happened this week. That's interesting. That's interesting, Michael. But I think it's actually a better show. The, the, I think it's um, it's a bit more compelling. The, this episode did intrigue me. I think the conversation between uh, Sam and Isaiah is a fascinating piece of... Um, just, just work. It's just a great scene. It just works really yeah. well. It's lots of levels, Ben. Two, lots of layers. I read a really interesting breakdown of Sam Wilson as a character, mm. and something that's glossed over in The Winter Soldier is the fact that he's in pararescue. And I assumed yes. Michael when I originally heard that I was like, okay, he's he's in the air force in the thing, and then somebody on Reddit broke down exactly what it means to be a pararescue trooper. Right. Um, and it's one of the most elite branches of the military. It goes beyond Marines. It goes beyond special forces. It goes. It's like a really, really specialized branch of the U.S. military. Um, and above all, the credo um, for them is to do no harm because they follow kind of a paramedics um, thing. They're a rescue team. That's essentially what they no. do. Well, Sam doesn't do no harm. He's killing people left, right, and centre. <laughs> uh, um, but he does it quickly, Michael, and mercifully. Um, yeah, guns. But on top, and sometimes missiles. <laughs> but on top of that, he's a PTSD counsellor um, yeah. for former soldiers. And it was a fascinating look at just how much Steve would know about that um, and how giving the shield to him was such a, a big idea, not only as a black man as Captain America, but also, you know, from the point of view that he is the best man for the job. Bucky is a highly trained murderer. Yeah, he's a big murderer. But Sam Wilson is a, a soldier. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, and it's pretty interesting. And then the Wakandans gave him some new wings that we're going to see in the next episode, Michael. How exciting, Ben. A Captain America wingsuit. A Captain America wingsuit. Um, he's been training with the shield. I enjoyed the little yeah. training montage. He left some space on the left for Steve. There's a scene where Very he's good. running up a track and there's a big gap on the left. Um, Benjamin. Yeah. I don't. Th- I still don't think he should be fighting super soldiers, though. He's not built for it, Michael. He's very lucky he didn't get killed by uh, John Walker. I assume John Walker was pulling his punches. Um, I don't. I, yeah, well, given that one super soldier gave poor El Battlestar uh, a box, and that was the a end of him. A small lady. A small yeah. lady. John Walker, who's a highly trained and homicidal at that moment um, yeah. fighter. I don't know how he didn't just crush his neck. That's the one thing I didn't understand. I, he didn't appear to be like trying to throttle him. Oh, did he not? Okay, maybe no, I misunderstood that. I don't think so. That. He wasn't trying because I mean he could probably just pop his head off. Probably, if you can, yeah. Like I don't think he was. I don't think he was trying to kill him, and that's oh, the only okay. thing that makes sense. He was trying to beat him up. Okay, but he wasn't trying to kill him because you know it was a fight over his shield. It wasn't a life or death. Yeah, but he does lift the shield to decapitate Sam Wilson in the same way, doesn't he? And then Bucky has to throw <laughs> himself at him. Yeah, but would he though, or would he def- would he decide not to at the last? Well, second? hang on now, yeah. hold on. <laughs> what? How, what? I, we can't say would he decide at the last second not to do it because that's he can. no. Because cinematically speaking, we've been set up to believe that that's what he's going to do because the previous yeah. episode showed us that that's yeah, the but process. That was against someone who he blamed for killing his friend and he saw as an enemy. Whereas with with Sam and Bucky, it was a disagreement about ownership of a shield. No, but he, he was- might have just. He might have just bunked him with it. He was in full Gollum mode where he's like, it's mine. I'm Captain America. Um, I, I don't know. I am the one who is Captain I, America. I, I think John Walker's gone full villain. Um, and I think that's what we're going to see. Um, he's going to be back next episode in a black suit. I think there's very little 
redeemable about that character at this point I think I hope he's back next episode in a black suit he will be back next episode in a black suit also I'm looking forward to seeing when he chucks his shield and it shatters against the, the, the actual shield because um, yeah, it's just made of tin it's just made of medals of honour um, right. which is what we seem to see anyway I have a question from a listener Michael oh go on our, 43 minutes into the podcast 43 into the podcast it's to do with Falcon and the Winter Soldier and the question is are we to believe that uh, Steve Rogers is brown bread I don't know in Benjamin this, in this show and I had to do I some digging know. and nobody's confirmed it Michael no no we don't know we genuinely don't know we don't know where he is or what he's up to there's a lot of speculation and that was sent in by Connor our, our, our good friend Connor who sometimes holds cameras for us um, oh, I know him I've met him. And um yeah, I did some digging and there's there's no clear line on this. There's no nope. nobody know, nobody can tell us. Nobody can tell us know. what's going on. Um it's crazy. Michael. Hello. Speaking of crazy things. Yes. Wouldn't it be mad if there was a zombie apocalypse? Fucking mental, Ben. <laughs> it would be mental. It would be as mad as the 2017 film Contagion starring <laughs> Starring Matthew Damon and Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> Benjamin, Very we talked good. about the film. We talked about the film Contagion um, at the start of the 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 podcast. Not the start of the podcast. That was many years ago. Many. At the start of the <laughs> pandemonium, the current pandemonium, we did. And we said it's an incredible um, speculate piece of speculative fiction. Yeah, nails about it. what a pandemic would look like, and. It stands up still, yeah, Ben. It is incredible. All of the buzzwords that are in that film that were in the early days of the pandemic, Ben. Fomites, R numbers, transmission rate. All there. They got. They nailed everything right on the head. And then it ends up with a kind of a maudlin, boring period of people waiting to get vaccinated and get essentially. Okay, they missed the boat on the phrase vaccination passport. But still, that that phrase is never spoken, but that's very much what it is. And, you know, people who can prove their immunity reintegrating into society. Bloody hell, Ben. There is no film. It's a crystal ball of a film. It's incredible. It is. It is incredible, Ben. I I often think that Matt Matt Damon and Kate Kate Blanchett. Is it Kate Blanchett? I don't have that right. Catherine Catherine Blanchardston. Blanchardstown. <laughs> Catherine Blanchardstown. <laughs> She's from Dublin's north side. <laughs> I hear. Will you ever show me your passport there, please? Um, yeah, so she's in it there as well. I often think they must sit back and go, chuffed. We we did a good job of that, didn't we? Chuffed. I'm glad we wrote it. Um, actors. The writer must be delighted as well, though. He must be like, I fucking nailed that I nailed it I nailed pandemics they should have got me on board for the whole thing and that that got me thinking Michael throughout the course of this one because I'm pretty sick of turning on the news and seeing people in big groups saying that you know it's all a government conspiracy and COVID's not real um, that gets to me on occasion Michael so it got me thinking what did what, what did a about? lot of like big outbreak films and pandemic films and zombie films get wrong about humanity's reaction to mm. uh, things and so that got me thinking about zombie films Michael what are some of the realistic zombie films that we've had to watch mm. and what are some of the, the less realistic ones that we've had to stick in our eyeballs Benjamin I rewatched, as we discussed at the top of the film here at the top of the podcast I rewatched 1978's Ooh. Dawn of the Dead was it 78 or 74? I'll have a look. By, jo- by your favourite and mine, Ben, George A. Romero. Oh, what a, what a bloke. 
He is one of the best zombie guys, Ben. The zombie it, guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, I mean, Dawn of the Dead, Ben. Have you seen Dawn of the Dead, Ben? The, the 1978 The Black and White Boy? No. No. That's Night of the Living oh, God Dead. Oh, goddammit. Night of the Living Dead is often credited with being the creator of the modern zombie movie. Because it's a black and white film, Ben, from 68, right. I think. 1968. You're absolutely and right, by the way. It's 1978 for... Is it 78? Yes, so that, I think that puts Night of the Living Night of the Living Dead in 68. Night of the Living Dead, Ben, is about a small group of people who are attacked by zombies in a cabin. Yes. And there is very little mention of the outside world. Ooh. That'd, it's be, a, that'd be good. It's a it's a it's an assault on district 13 film. It's oh. a, people in a confined space trying to keep baddies out. Oh good. That's how that works. Dawn of the Dead, 1978's Dawn of the Dead, Ben, is the template for the zombie pandemic film. Oh, okay. Go on. Do go on. 19, 1968, Ben, doesn't really address the outside world. It's a it's an isolated incident of, you know, this is a problem that these this group of people are dealing with. Bunch of dead lads. Exactly. But 1978's Dawn of the Dead is a zombie pandemic film. Nice. And it starts with the the, the imminent collapse of society. No good. As Ben... Um, the, these isolated incidents of of people returning from the dead are turning out to be more and more widespread than everybody thought, and we are introduced to the whole thing by a TV presenter arguing with a scientist. Oh no! On television, yeah, and basically denying the scientist is right. Oh so yeah, the scientist is like. This is very bad. They're coming back. There's zombies. You have to destroy the head. You have to move out of population centers. And then the man on the TV is like, you can't expect people to move out of population centers for such a small problem. And then it's like, oh, no, this is a bit real. This is a bit. uh, I'm not really feeling this, Ben. This is affecting my anxieties. Is the scientist named Dr. Fauci? No, no, he's not you sure. No, it's not that prescient. It's not as prescient as 2017's Contagion. The film Contagion, <laughs> Contagion um, So Ben, it, then it does become a little bit more standard. It doesn't really focus on, um, you know, the global implications. Okay. There is a great scene, Ben, about rednecks. Okay. <laughs> the rednecks go a zombie hunting. And they prove to be uniquely adapted to dealing with the situation because they all have guns and love shooting stuff. That'll do it. And the, yeah, so the redneck towns actually do pretty well in the zombie outbreak. I'm going to have to watch this um, now. It's very good. It's very. It's. I mean, it's a low budget film from the seventies. Okay. The sound mix is horrible. Oh, is it? And there are weird. I watch it with my good lady friends. There are weird moments, like a SWAT team breaching a building. Okay. And, you know, the SWAT team are running in and the sound of their boots stomping isn't overdubbed. Ah. Oh. So it's weird. So They're it's running just the in boys. almost sound Yeah. They run into the building almost soundlessly. And it's weird watching that as a modern film watch viewer. Because it should be going jump 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 jump. It should be part of and the th- tension, a diegetic yeah. bloody suspense machine. People firing grenades. And it just 
doesn't make a real any particular noise. No. It's weird. There's a weird lack of Foley mix, I believe is the term. I do believe you're right. Mm. But Ben, it is an old film. It is an old low budget film. Fair. But Ben, they go to a mall. Yeah. Or as we call it in this country, a shopping centre. Yeah. Or as they called it in America in the 70s, a shopping centre. Oh, believe there we it or go. not. Because, Ben, they were kind of new back then. What? Shopping centres are a relatively recent invention. So one of the characters explains what it is to the other characters. What? <laughs> He's like, it's one of those new shopping centres, kind of like an indoor mall. Incredible. What? Amazing. So it is. The really interesting thing about this film, Ben, is the zombies themselves okay. are such a non-threat to anybody with any degree of common sense. Okay. These are not your modern zombies. These are not Dave Bautista versus basically orcs. Okay. These are Shaun of the Dead zombies. Yeah, the classic just shambling mess of a creature. Shambling. I mean, Ben, they're just normal people painted grey. Oh, nice. (laughs) For one thing. (laughs) They haven't spent a lot on the prosthetics in 1978. Nice. Um, But they're, they're entirely, entirely not dangerous. Oh, they have to they have to bite you to do anything. Okay. And they're slow moving and dim witted and they can't people fist fight zombies in this Ben. Most of the zombie interactions in this film is pushing and shoving. Amazing. And it's really weird to see zombies themselves being so non threatening. The only way you can be killed by zombies in this universe is by being some sort of dumbass zombie denier or okay. Overly reckless or overly foolish or foolhardy. Yeah, just pushing the envelope, lads. Just push the zombies out of the way. If if they try to grab you, give them a puck. Give them a puck in the head. Just a quick puck. Yeah. There's a lot of people punching zombies, people. Ben, people don't punch zombies anymore. No, because they'll bite you. Yeah, they'll bite you. But they'll, zombies these days will bite you no matter what's going on. They'll find some sort of way to bite you. Yeah, that was the that was the big conceit of The Walking Dead that didn't that didn't, you know, grift well with me. Where you know, if it was necessary for a character to die, somehow yeah. the zombie would get to bite them, despite all the precautions in the world that were yeah, taken. Yeah. Body armor, chain mail, covering yeah. every inch like and somehow they get bitten. They, like they lift up the ankle trouser all of a sudden, they'd be like, Ah, get it in there and then Yeah, yeah. yeah. But in this there's all sorts of mussing and tussing with zombies and no one ever gets bitten. Um, it's Mad. it's really quite strange how little. The the baddies in this are humans. Ah, oh, look, there's there's a classic pandemic trope, isn't it? Oh, okay. <laughs> the baddies are a little bit like today, Michael, I suppose. Plus you can make oh, that argument oh, I see still. What you've done. I see what you've done, Ben. <laughs> so the baddies in this are roving bunches of humans who just can't leave well enough alone. Yeah, because they have to be the big goddamn heroes and they have to stand up and do... It's ah, dumb. It's dumb. It's, it's dumb. It's Angel, dumb. One of the most interesting things is the mall that they're in contains a bank. Okay. And there's like thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars there. And they're looking at it and going, maybe? Maybe this will, you know, why not? Will Let's it be worth some something? It? Yeah, it yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's really good. It's a really, really good film. Like it's a cheap film and it looks cheap. And uh-huh. like the sound mix is horrible, and some shots are out of focus, Ben. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, like oh, no. there's some like pivotal death scenes just entirely 
out of focus. Oh, no. Some zombies get killed and then come back later because they clearly didn't have enough extras. Oh, nice. Um, And the zombie makeup itself is super cheap. But it's not about zombies. It's about the existential horror of commercialism. Nice. When the four main characters, there's four main characters, when they take over the shopping centre bin, they live a boring domestic life, basically, and start annoying each other. Because they've cleared all... Yeah. Yeah, and that's the kind of... That's where the potential problems lie. In other people. Hell is other people, Michael. Exactly, Ben. But it's also the source of the line, Ben, when hell is too full, the dead... When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. Nice. Is that where it actually... Is that what actually... Is that where it comes from? I think that's where it originates, yeah. Gas. Love it. Love it. Benjamin, watch it. Go watch it. It's very good. It is the birth of the modern zombie blockbuster. I will do exactly that, Michael. It's funny because everything you've described there, Michael, is the premise of the very, very now, now, now classic comedy, Shaun of the Dead. Very um, good film. Very good watching, film. One of my I favorite watching, zombie films. Benjamin, I was watching Dawn of the Dead with my good lady friend. Go on. And she said, is this why Shaun of hey. the Dead is called Shaun of the Dead? And I said, yes, it is. Yes, exactly. That's it. Very, very good. Um, <laughs> or yeah. as my good lady friend Ben calls it, Simon Pegg of the Dead. So, well, I mean, also a perfect description. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like it's an Edgar Wright comedy. But fundamentally, the only difference, I suppose, from what you've just described um, is a far better makeup budget. Yeah, good Foley mix. Good Foley mix. Editing that is just mwah, chef's kiss. Yeah. Um, but the fundamental premise is what what could be worse than getting stuck with your partner's prickish friends that you never really liked <laughs> but now you have to save yeah. um, what would happen if your annoying shitty boyfriend who tried to control you all the time wanted you to die as a zombie because he did um, like Dylan Moran plays oh, the yeah, worst the worst person um, in this and he keeps trying to be selfish and his girlfriend is like ooh no <laughs> I was in the office <laughs> no more selfishness yeah. um, what would happen if your prick of a roommate got turned into a zombie when he was bitten by what he called a junkie like, crackhead it, I believe he says isn't it is it crackhead I think um, this is crackhead and it's, it's pretty interesting to see those play out because you get to see the shittiest people of society um, just kind of fall to a zombie apocalypse. But you also get to watch average people panic the fuck out of things. One of my favourite and most realistic scenes, I think, is yes. his mother's response. Amazing. Everybody's mother. His mother's response to it is beat for beat. Yeah. How my mother would respond to a yeah, zombie apocalypse. Mine too, Ben. Mine too, exactly. 100% exactly. And it's hilarious, but it's also spot on. Spot what, on, I- I just didn't want to be a bother, Ben. I just didn't want to be a bother. The <laughs> the sentence of a film. Mum, yeah. why didn't you tell us you were bitten by a ravenous infectious zombie? I just didn't want to be a bother. <laughs> you know, <laughs> she had... Even in the midst of it, Bill Nehe won't let the son-in-law he doesn't really... Or the, the foster son he doesn't really like drive the car. Like, yeah. it, it's... Stepson, the, then. The nitty-gritty stepson is the correct term for what I was trying to describe. Um, The the nitty-gritty of those details. Mum, why aren't you panicking? Oh, we just thought we'd wait it out and watch some telly. Um, Oh, what a scene, Michael. Very realistic, Ben. So real. 
so real. And I love Simon Pegg's thing of like, we'll just wait it out in the pub. Yeah. Um, terrible plan. Terrible plan. As it turned out. Terrible plan as it turned out because everybody yeah. just throws and hangs out at the pub then. Um, yeah. And I just, I love, again, it's kind of a, it's kind of in the same way that, uh, what did you call it? Day of the Dead was a kind of satire of commercialism or a, a takedown of, of commercial. Sorry, Dawn of the Dead was a takedown of commercialism. This is a takedown of your boring nine to five job and doing nothing with your life. And whether or not you're supposed to hate that or whether or not it's okay. Um, because everybody in that film judges Sean. Yeah, everybody in that film, except for his partner, who doesn't actually mind it. She just hates that he hates himself so much for hating his job. And it's a really interesting thing. And the zombies are all kind of nine to fivers and working class people. And it's just very interesting, Michael. The Ben, the zombies in Day of the Dead are all quite quiet until one of the main characters get bitten, and then he starts giving it the whole. Uh, oh, and that's where it comes from. Yeah. It's crazy watching Dawn of the Dead. Ben, have you watched 2004's Dawn of the Dead by Zacharind Snyder? Yes, with Dave Bautista. No, Dave Bautista's not in it. I didn't know that wasn't... I thought that was only out in a couple of weeks. No, you're th- you're thinking of Army of the Dead. Ben. I am, yeah. I am. Yeah, yeah. No, we're talking about 2004's kind of semi-remake, semi-homage, um, Dawn of the Dead. I have seen us- bits of that one. It's fine. It's... It's probably I, Ben, as you know, I like the director. I like the work of director Zachary Snyder. You do. I, I'm not a huge fan of his DC stuff, but um, who I is? like Sucker Punch, Ben. I think I might be the only person in history who likes Sucker Punch. You I are. Think, I think Watchmen is a fucking modern cinematic classic, but possibly 2004's um, Dawn of the Dead. Okay, it does the whole mall thing. My argument is it brings too many survivors. Uh, too many survivors to too the yard. Too many survivors, and you know they're all quirky, and they've got thing. Uh, I've no time for it, Ben. But it does have, to my mind, probably the best and the most Zack Snyderish, but probably the best opening montage of actual clips of real news events. Oh, nice. slightly manipulated to look like it's about zombies nice so you know there's riots there's fires there's civil unrest all edited together in that that cine- that what is the word I'm looking for Ben that uh, that uh, trademark frenetic style of Zack Snyder yeah um, which we saw in in uh, the Justice League as remember the the kind of the montage the opening montage of the world after Superman yeah and everyone thought, oh, that's a real classic Zack Snyder. It turned out that was Joss. It was a Joss. A it Joss-ism. was Joss uh, imitating Jack, Zack Snyder. One Zacharin Schneider. Yeah, but other than the fact that it has one of the greatest opening, the world is falling apart due to a zombie pandemic. Bit meh. The rest of it's a bit meh. It does have a great, it does have a great action escape sequence um, nice. at the very beginning where the, the main character... Is she Andrea from The Walking Dead? I think it was. It could um, be. I think it was. I'm, I can't remember. Um, it does have a great action escape sequence. But as we've learned from the 70s movie and Contagion, and it doesn't start with an action sequence. It no. starts with confusion and denial and a breakdown in services. Not You don't wake up one morning and it's the apocalypse. No, because it just happens gradually, drip by drip, and then you slowly notice things out of place, Michael. Yes. 
Or, you know, Tim from work is a bit sick this week. Where's, yeah, where's yeah, Tim? Yeah. Tim's never sick. Yeah, um, yeah. And we get a lot of that. We we see that a lot, Michael, as as we go through. I think Zombieland was a great example of that. Um, and we, we talked about that a little bit earlier on this podcast. But Zombieland is, is regular people losing the run of themselves and society collapsing because loads of people don't realise what's going on until it's too bloody late. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a lot of that. And I think... Zombieland was that interesting mix of idiocracy and, you know, a zombie film. Or it's that it's that really specific brand of American satire um, brought to zombies. And we, uh, what, like, it's just, you know, oh, look at this hilarious redneck zombie. And it's a little bit like elitist snobbery. And I think that's one of the dangers of films like Zombieland because a lot of the times the zombies are caricatures of real people you might meet in America. Um, And there are redeeming characters like the one that Woody Harrelson plays. Like Woody Harrelson is your typical redneck that turns out to have a huge talent for murdering zombies left, right and center. But Mm -hmm. a lot of the time the zombies are like grotesque and overweight and, you know, people you wouldn't expect. And it's it's just an interesting satire, I think. It's sometimes a bit mean. Sometimes a bit mean. More so in the second one. Did you see Double Tap? I did, yeah. Yeah, that was interesting, wasn't it? Like, it's kind of kind of a real damp sequel. Like, it just came out of nowhere, and I don't think it got anywhere near the same... It was a sequel 10 years too late, Ben. A classic sequel yeah. 10 years too late. Yeah, but like characters like... I can't remember her name. Is it Becky? I can't remember the the, the, the blonde the, woman, the, the bimbo lady, the bimbo lady, very mean in places, yeah. but also very endearing in places. Well, she and turned out to be the standout character from it. Let's be honest. Yeah, the most enjoyable of the whole movie, absolutely. Mm. Um, but a lot of the times, you know, that, I think that's the danger of shows that closely parody for comedy's sake. They border on insulting. Um, you know, and a bit snobby. I don't know. It's interesting. We put this out to the listeners, Michael, and I'm just going to do this. All the listeners, Ben. I've heard of them. Because I don't want to run out of them. And of course, the number one choice there from all the listeners was um, 28 Days Later. Ah, very good. If you're looking for realism and zombazoms, I mean, that's yes. that's what you're going to do. And, and Michael, I have a very important question for you. Yes. Did The Walking Dead do Waking Up in the Hospital in the middle of a pandemic first? Or did Killian Murphy do Waking Up in a Hospital uh, in the middle of a pandemic first? You know what? I couldn't tell you. Because I've I always wanted to know that. They do have very similar openings. They, they do. They do have very, very similar openings. When did The Walking Dead come out? 2005? I'm going to have when a look did 28 now. Days Later come out? I think 28 I, Days Later might be have beaten it to the punch. I think it might have been. Um, it could be a case of, you know, convergent inspiration. Uh, they've had the same idea separately. I think about that a lot, Michael. I yeah, think yeah. about that a lot. It keeps but, me awake. you know, one of the greatest zombie pandemic scenes of all time is Killian Murphy walking through abandoned London at five in the morning. Yeah, and then getting one to of a the weird best, church. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The rest of it is the rest of Twenty Eight Days Later is good. Brendan Gleeson. I think it takes it. I think it takes a turn for the generic when they get to the army base of Evil Army. Of evil evil army. Evil Army Base is weird. Yeah, it's not. I mean, and they're kind of trying to train zombies and stuff. Like whatever. I've lost interest now. I liked. I like the waking up in the abandoned London, the grim hellscape, trying to figure out what's going on, being picked up by a grizzled survivor in Brendan Gleeson. And then... The tragic then loss of Brendan Gleeson. Yeah, he gets goo in his eye. Gets goo in his eye. It's no good. Don't I, get goo in your eye. 
I liked the threat of zombification in that one. And I think it closely parallels our current pandemic where you're like, don't sneeze on me. Don't look at me. Don't. <laughs> and it's, it, was, it was a much more infectious brand of zombieism. Um, well, it's not zombieism, is it, Ben? It's the rage virus. Yeah, I know. But it, come on now. Come on now. It's, it's, it's not zombieism, Ben. It's it, the it's, rage virus. It's zombie orcs, um, Michael, all over again. And we have a little bit of that. And it was pretty interesting. But I, I liked the, the human quality. One of the sequences that it's always stuck out for me is 28 weeks later. Uh, yeah. And it's the Robert Carlyle runaway um, sequence. Run away and abandon your family. Run away and abandon your family yeah, sequence. Yeah. And good God, Michael, if that's not the most unlikable movie character after that opening. And yet, Michael, I think what doesn't sit well with people about that is the horrific relatability of that moment where yeah, people are like... Good. People are, it, I've never seen a zombie film quite hit at the core of something that people have considered. Because we all love to have the hypothetical zombie question, Michael. It's like, well, I think I'd last maybe so many days. Um, or I think, you know, oh, me and my wife would, would survive this long. Or me and my girlfriend would survive this. What if you were just a completely selfish person and you wanted to survive? What? I would definitely survive, Ben, and my girlfriend would definitely be killed. She'd get herself killed in the first day, almost certainly. And that's very realistic, Michael. Mm. I would give up. Mm. I would not be... I, yeah, yeah. I, you'd give up and you'd live in the bunker with four I'd, couples I'd give up I'd be done I'd be in a bunker and not until yeah. my Jesse, seven Jesse year ago girlfriend got in touch with me again yeah. would I be like oh maybe I'll go outside maybe um, I'll go outside and figure it out maybe, maybe I'll go outside and figure it out um, but yeah I'd live in a bunker or I'd just I'd just top myself Michael I don't think oh, I'd God, be too that's depressing no but I don't think I'd be too interested I don't oh. think I'd take a look at a big horde of things that want to rip me apart and be like do you know what I've got a good chance here I don't I don't Ben I would start some sort of leather wearing cult <laughs> doomsday style yeah yeah uh, doomsday like the film doomsday <laughs> with Rona Mitra <laughs> Benjamin what else are the listeners like? um, we got a very interesting suggestion from Irish fastinista triple seven Siobhan um, and she told us about iZombie season 4 um, oh yeah very interesting where the revelation of zombies has become known to the world and the zombies yes. then get treated like second class citizens yes they get uh, very much segregated yeah they get a zombie passport Michael they get a zombie passport there's a big zombie wall there's, there's zombie a big zombie wall there's zombie police for policing zombies it's a that's one of the biggest paradigm shifts in the history of a television show yeah which went from you know uh it went from a procedural essentially yeah it was a an action comedy procedural about a zombie detective and then it suddenly went and now the world has changed <laughs> ta-da yeah and they really had to they 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 brought the zombie thing forward far enough. One of the twists, I like that twist about that show. The twist that that show adds to the zombie mythos is as long as zombies are getting fresh brains, they don't degrade into uh, mindless killers. Yeah, they're fine with a fresh But when supply. they do start degrading, it's irreversible. Oh, is that what the twist of that show is? I haven't so, seen yeah, it. So, yeah, so you have to show. keep eating fresh bla- brains because if you start going into a mad zombie, then you become a gross, horrible zombie. Oh, it's like rabies. Degener- as in you can't come back from it once it, once it starts, no? Well, it, well, no, that's not how rabies works. Okay, but, never mind. Um, yeah, no, that's that's a misunderstanding of rabies, not what we're talking okay, about. Okay, fair enough. You've understood what we're talking about okay. very well, but you don't understand rabies. <laughs> um, but it's... Uh, <laughs> 
it's uh it's yeah it's a great little twist but yeah. it does it does make the mistake of making a zombie cure and then having characters flip-flop between being zombies and former zombies and ex-zombies and cured and then uncured and who's immune who isn't oh, jesus it, so it gets a bit muddy then but then the big bloody twist in season four they just go fuck it everyone's zombies now put up a wall put up a very wall very interesting very interesting good show um yeah, so good shout from from Siobhan there. Um, other than that, we had a lot of calls for 28 Days Later, which we've already covered. Um, yeah. Nine Wassies got in touch with us talking about those montages from the beginning of Dawn of the Dead. Oh, he's um, a good egg. He knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, Nine, Nine Wassies is where you're at. He's he's meeting you where you're at, Michael. Um, and then, of course, our, our tried and tested true companion in the tiny room, Stephen Cadwell. Uh, got oh, in touch with us and said The Last of Us bloody harrowing stuff that'll do mental damage to you and make you lose your faith in humanity is that about zombies? I uh, that was mushroom people I think the mushroom people are the equivalent of zombies it's an outbreak it's a virus It's. I've never played it Ben I've never seen it I've never played it um, I am quite acutely aware of it but it follows the Walking Dead logic of fear the people yeah. Um well, that's and, always the way, isn't it, Ben? Yeah, that's always the way. Um, I suppose one of the things that, that might resonate a little bit more is what people are willing to do to find the cure. Um, mm. And it's it's very interesting because the whole premise of The Last of Us is that the little girl traveling with Joel, uh, Ellie, is not Ellie, what's her name? Elle? It could be Elle. I'm not 100% sure. I could get that wrong, ladies and gentlemen. But she has the antibodies required to make a proper vaccine. Um, ah. But to remove those antibodies would be to kill her. Ah. Um, and there's a whole ethical quandary, gang. Ellie. Um, Ellie. Okay. Um, there's a whole ethical quandary there, and it's it's pretty interesting. Uh, We're making a TV show. Gabriel Luna's going to be in it. Oh, good. I like Gabriel Luna. And Pedro Pascal. Pedro Pascal. Yeah, he's going to be yeah, Joel. Yeah, yeah. I remember this now. We've talked yeah. about this. Yeah, we've um, talked about it. Pedro Pascal. I love Pedro Pascal. Yeah, yeah, he seems like a good egg. We better wrap this up, Ben. This is now our longest ever episode. Uh, yeah, I think it might be. Ladies and gentlemen, that's it for us this week. That was us talking about pandemics and stuff. What are we doing next week, Michael? I completely forget. Oh, I completely forgotten, Ben. I, Hold on, I I'll, I'll look, look it up for you. you Ladies and gentlemen, and I'll look it up. let us know what we missed out on there. You can get in touch with us in a lot of different ways. You can find us at www.seanrebeog.com, S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G.com. It means tiny room in Irish. It does indeed. You can find us on the bloody Instagram, at seanrebeog, S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G. Still means tiny room, a little bit that's in Irish. Bit. Yeah, that's, that's your bit. bit. You were busy looking up what we were doing next week. Uh, ben, you've put on the calendar, what made a footprint? Oh, yes. Um, so we'll be looking at... Uh, oh, were we not supposed to move that, Michael? I can't remember. I don't know, Ben. I don't know. I Doesn't think we matter. It. We're doing we a mystery topic Farscape. next week, ladies and gentlemen. Um, we're doing a mystery topic next week, ladies and gentlemen. Write in and tell us what you'd like to hear us talk about in the podcast. Um, ben, we could do... Uh, we could do... <laughs> we could do the one that we had scheduled for the 23rd of May. What's that? Mick and Ben absolutely lay into the Joel Schumacher Batman films. Oh, yeah, let's do that. Uh, next week, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be pissing in the cornflakes of Joel Schumacher's Batman. Um, yep. Oh, sold. Done. Yes. Um, let's do that. That sounds great. Yeah. Oh, and Ben, uh, uh, the, the listeners will be in for a real treat because, as you know, the theme song to um, Batman Forever, the, the first Joel Schumacher film, Kiss from a Rose, is kiss from a rose up by seal so i might uh i might give you a little rendition oh ladies and gentlemen you are in for a treat the listeners will be in for a real treat ben you can see how many octaves i can do 
<laughs> That's it from us this week, ladies and gentlemen. Bye bye. tower alone on the sea. You became the light on the dark side of me.